Magalhaes to Stokes, who's onside. Wagner. Here's Sims. It's a good serve this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it. Just a minute to play. A stoppage time. Here's Letizia. Right, hello everyone. Welcome back. It's the uh, first Saints FC podcast of the new season and I have Mr Tom Parker sat next to me once again. Hello everyone, it's good to be back. It's, it's great to see you again Tom. Um, before we get talking about um, our favourite football team, I've just got to remind everyone all the ways that they can get in contact and be lovely towards us for taking our, our spare time to talk about the Saints and put it out there for everyone to listen to. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Saints FC Podcast. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that at saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. Um, one of the best things you can do if you like listening to this is go on the iTunes podcasting app and give us a review, uh, especially if it's a good one. If you really hate the Saints FC Podcast, don't bother doing that. Um, and another thing you should do, you should tell a friend about it. I think only about 10% of people in the UK know how to listen to podcasts so that means you know nine out of the potential you know 10 saints fans are, are not accessing this so if you know there's how 54 to, million potential listeners we yeah could have. i know that's a, there's there's so many people out there we, we could we people. could be getting to um so if you know someone who likes the saints but doesn't know how to work a podcast take their phone off them download the podcasting app and subscribe them to the saints fc podcast and, and show them how to listen um and that'd be great that would be that would be a, a super pre-season present for us, I yeah. think. So, Tom, normally when it gets to this time of year, yeah, a couple of days before um, Saints' first game of the season, and so you're it's the Wednesday night now, so we've got Swansea yeah. Saturday. So yeah, there's th- there's not long to go, and normally at this point we think, well, we've sold three or four of our best players. Our manager that we actually really liked has gone. And it's all a bit doomy at this point. But this summer hasn't really gone like that, has it? I mean, we have had a manager change. I we have sold a couple of players. Yep. But I don't think anyone's too upset about, you know, the, the manager change. I think Claude Puel, he did a reasonably good job in terms of getting us to a final, getting us to eighth in the league. You can't really complain about that. Um the football, though, as we discussed last season, got pretty turgid. And I think the final straw was those final games where we just couldn't score. Yeah, it's, there seems to be a sense of excitement back at the club, I would say, and around the fans. I think um, from the get-go, the new manager has kind of galvanised people and people have, have liked what they've heard, they've liked what they've seen, and they like his energy and the fact that he seems to be um, a real sort of passionate advocate yeah. for the game. Um, so... Yeah, apart from the the one um, cloud, the Dutch cloud that's hanging over our head, which no doubt we'll come to, it, it does seem to be a real sense of optimism for the coming season. Yeah, so um, for those of you who uh, know how to use the internet well enough to get to a podcast, um, but somehow don't know, we've appointed uh, Mauricio Pellegrini. Um, he is uh, an Argentine. 
comes from 100 miles away from where our last Argentine manager came from, uh, Maurizio Pochettino. So, you know, there's a lot of similarities there, certainly by name and, and location of where they're from. And they played together as well, I think, under 21s. Did they? So, so, yeah, so yeah. there we go. Um, and I, I think you're right about, you know, what you read about him. I mean, I've got to be honest. Normally when Saints go out and do their scouting of new managers, um, new players, I tend not to have heard of them. Uh, Ronald Koeman I'd heard of. Claude Puel didn't really know anything about. Maurizio Pochettino had no idea about. Um, and it, it's the same with uh, Pellegrino. Um, and although everything that I've read about him has sounded really, really positive. Yeah, he sounds like the right fit. I think one of the problems that you see in the modern game, I think, is that players obviously want someone that stands in front of them that they go, ah, okay, this guy's knowing what he's doing. I remember Saints had the loving Paul Sturrock a few years ago. Mm. And, you know, he never that was you know, he never looked really like the part that he could stand up to the players. And I think Puel maybe never had that charisma, never had that gravitas that the modern egotistical millionaire 22-year-old footballer needs. Uh, but Pellegrino, he's been there. He has played Argentinian football, uh, sorry, international football for Argentina. He's played at Barcelona. He has been European Cup finals. He has won things in Spain. He has worked with some of the best coaches in the game, people like Rafa Benitez. He's done well in Spain at Alaves. So he has a, he has a, um, uh, you know, he has that background that I hope the players can look at. Um, and also just looking out, Christ, he's six foot four. So um, there's not many players that can be looking down on him. So I hope that he's got that, uh, the gravitas to to galvanise that group of young men. Yeah. And another thing um, about Mauricio Pellegrini is he's quite young as well. At 45, he's a young manager. And I think in a way, um, you know, lots of young managers have been doing quite well recently. And I think the players can identify with them quite well. Um, you know, there's, there's less of a generational gap. They've had kind of similar sorts of um, careers, I suppose, or, or training expectations. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about him. Um, I guess one of the things that we could say, say we've got rid of Claude Puel, who took us to eighth in the Premier League and got us to a cup final. Um, what do you know about Pellegrino's last season with Alaves? It's a mirror image. Just uh, so we know that he finished ninth. We know that he took a a team that kind of unfashionable team in Alaves with a uh, sort of good mix of, of young players and sort of journeymen. Um, got some amazing results. I think they won away at New, uh, New Camp. I think they took uh, Real Madrid pretty close as well. And obviously they got onto the final of the Copa del Rey. So um, he yeah he kind of does mirror uh, the Claude Puel uh, experience. So no. In a weird way, do you think it would be good enough um, if essentially he achieves the same as Claude Puel? So let's say he gets us to a final or a semi-final of the cup. We, like, we have a good cup run and we finish eighth, ninth, seventh, eighth, ninth in the league. But just does it with a little bit more charisma. A little bit more panache. A little bit more panache, maybe a little bit more attacking football. And do you think that's job done for the Saints? Is that I, Well, football fans are never happy. Are they? Uh, I think if they were, um, uh, you know, the game would be a lot easier for the players and, and for managers. But I, I do think that um, Southampton fans have been used to a certain style of sort of swashbuckling football um, that we had probably from League One onwards, really, yeah. from the Libra era, really, where we signed the quality players. Um, certainly, you know, if you think of the 
I think the, my favourite Saints team of recent years, which is the Lambert Rodriguez Lalana up front, yeah. Schneidlin behind. Yeah, that was a real sort of end-to-end, fast-paced, high-press football. So I think Saints fans have become used to that, and I, I, I agree. I, I think that we have to look at it now, and we have to look. The top six have got stronger. Everton have spent a ton of money, uh, and there's a great article, and I can't remember who it was by, but essentially said, "Will Everton win their League of One?" And yes, they probably win their, will win their League of One. So it comes down to the rest of what we can do. And I, th- I think eighth would be a fair achievement. Anything higher than eighth and give the guy an award because he's done really, really well. Because that means he's unsettled one of the teams that's a much bigger spender than us. And, yeah. if, he, and if he manages to do that to one of those or even two of those, then he's done really well. So, I mean... I- I've picked a little bit of a flaw in Southampton's plan, right? So let's let's say we're going to get eighth, we're going to have a decent cup run, um, but we want it to be done with a bit more style, a bit more panache, maybe a few more goals. Um, so Southampton scored 41 goals last season, which was a really poor return, and, and not many teams scored as few goals as us. Um, just have a little guess at how many goals Alaves scored in, in La Liga last season, Tom. I'm going to guess that they weren't, you know, doing what Real Madrid or Barcelona are doing every week and sticking in 6-7 against a load of farmhands. No. Th- I mean, they scored 41 goals. I- exactly the same amount. Can I say it's harder to score goals in Spain? Is that even a statistical thing? I mean, looking at the league here, Real Madrid, 106 goals in 38 games. That's yeah, almost, what, three a game. And uh, the other and thing Barcelona, as well... Barcelona, hang on, 116. That, that is three a game. Yeah. That's... Three point like zero one a game. That's insane. Um. So have have we just swapped Claude Puel for the Argentine version of Claude Puel? I. It's a bit like politics, isn't it? Where so much nowadays rests on presentation and how you come across and and. This is a dangerous topic. To yeah, but talk. it's but you know in terms of people don't just want the smartest man or woman they want someone they look at and they go yeah like that person gets me that person communicates in a way that excites me and if you're a football fan and you're you're a fan who goes to the games and you spend your hard-earned money every single week then you want someone who shows passion and fire and commitment and i think with claude um and i think it's wrong just to judge people on you know do they have fire in their belly in this great it's like when england go to tournaments every year people say well players aren't showing enough passion like that's some sort of swap for talent and it's not but i do think that um with uh with with the new sort of new broom comes in we've got a real chance here to sort of galvanize um the fan base and i think what we've seen in a lot of the pre-season interviews with him he has really spoken and whether this is what he honestly believes or whether what this has been told by the club they think he should say about bringing the fans with them and the importance of the fans so i hope that um you know i hope on saturday i know it's a sellout i hope the fans get behind him and the team yeah, I, I've I've got good hopes, uh, and um, I think Maurizio Pellegrino he sounds like the right fit. Um, I'm actually quite excited by the fact that he was under Benitez at a time when Benitez was was doing some pretty brilliant things with yeah. Liverpool. They were actually winning trophies back then, something that Klopp's not managed to achieve with them. It's a shame. Um, and yeah, I'd uh, I'd be fairly confident with him that he'll get us, you know. I think I, I can 
I don't expect that we'll be any lower than 10th this season with, with him as our manager. I think if we were lower than 10th, I, I think it, yeah. you know, questions would be asked, um, particularly if we can keep uh, the players fit. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've said before about Club well, terribly unlucky in having by far away our best finisher and by uh, by light years away our best defender injured for the majority yeah. of the season. Yeah, I mean, he, he was unfortunate with that. But again, he, he just didn't win the fans over. And I think it's it's almost if Mauricio Pellegrino can achieve the same amount as, as Puel, but, you know, talk a better talk, walk a better walk, then, then we're probably going to be happier with him. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think as well, we've got, a, we've still a relative, I think we've got a relatively young team. Yeah. Still, we've got players that we know can improve. People like Nathan Redmond, this is a big season for Redmond because yeah. he had flashes last year. Can he do it more consistently this year? James Ward-Prowse kind of came into his own under Puel. Can he continue that? Yeah, it would um, be interesting to see if he can take these younger players who, who've shown that on to the next stage. And it, yeah. you know, I hope he can. Um, Say, so, I mean, I've got a kind of a, a bit of a prediction for Maurizio Pellegrini. I actually don't think that Klopp's going to win anything <laughs> with Liverpool. And um, obviously Pellegrino, he's come to the Premier League. He has got a little bit of history with Liverpool. He played for them for about s- six months. I remember he turned up and he was just one of those sort of endless foreign players that yeah. just turned up and played a few games with Liverpool. Um, but, you know, y- y- you've got to look at what's happened at Saints uh, in recent years. So Pochettino used Saints as a stepping stone for a bigger job. Koeman, you know, went to Everton where he had a bigger budget, you know, bigger history. So, you know, potentially a stepping stone there as well. And I'm sure that Pellegrino's probably looked at what Pochettino and Koeman have done at Southampton and thinks, well, this is a, a club that is well run. I can do well here. I can, you know, raise my profile and then probably move on. And I think with that Liverpool connection, I think in two seasons time, that will be enough for Liverpool. They'll be fed up with Klopp at that point. They'll probably get rid of him. Not the end of this season, the end of next season. And uh, <laughs> I just think it's, it's going to go the same way. Well, if it does, um, it's bad because we've lost a manager. But it's probably good because we've probably had two good, good seasons. Yeah, yeah. because the, we know now that clubs don't, particularly the big, big clubs, and I hate to include Liverpool in that, but you kind of have to. We know they don't really, they don't have a patience. You know, there's no, oh, this will come good in a couple of seasons. They want instant success, instant gratification. Um, and if they do take... If you know if your prediction is right and Pellegrino ends up at Liverpool, it suggests that we've probably either finished in Europe for at least one of those two seasons, yeah. and we might have even have won something. I'd take that, and you'd probably take that because ultimately, this is a transactional business. People yeah. will always move on, um, but if they move on to something better, you know, it's, it's like when we it's, we, it's because it, they've done well. Yeah, it? it's like if we signed Mane from Salzburg. And you knew that he was going to go to Liverpool a couple of years later for thirty-five million. And you go, well, we're going to get a couple of good years out of him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I would, I wouldn't consider that a success, but you'd take it. Yeah. Um, so I suppose then on to the to the next uh, thing, um, continuing the theme of new faces. So we've got a new manager, and we've brought in a couple of signings. Um, so we'll start off with our young Polish defender. Jan Bednarek. Don't really know much about him. Um, I think he's quite a rising star in the Polish league, but I don't think the Polish league is necessarily a great league. I think probably most English fans 
only know of him for getting sent off against yeah. the uh, was that the under 20s the under 21s under 21s against yeah. England in the tournament in the summer it'll be interesting is he is he going to be uh, the guy whose name even escapes me our, Roma- our Romanian centre back oh Florin Gardos yeah Florin Gardos is he going to yeah. be a new Florin Gardos uh, or is he going to be uh, a Yoshida yeah I, I think it's going to be one of the he's going to be the backup isn't he well, you think so. I mean, uh, we spoke before last season about um, the importance of experience in, in centre-backs, and we spoke about Jack Stevens, who I think is going to, I hope, has a great season, mm. uh, and I think could get England on us this season. But we spoke about that, how he had bided his time in the lower leagues, playing his football, uh, you know, in the championship. Um, you don't get, as we, you know, we say, you don't get young centre-backs to just turn up and yeah. can turn it on. It's a, it's a, it's a position that requires experience. So, yeah, you know, we might not even see if if Virgil doesn't go, yeah, and if by some miracle he's re- reintegrated into the team, uh, you could see Benoit go to say a Championship team on loan just to get more experience. Yeah, and uh, I I probably think the current plan probably doesn't involve him that much in the first team. Yeah, I I, I, I think you know, let probably the current plan is you'd have Virgil Van Dyke and Jack Stevens with Yoshida as the backup. When a, when you know one of them's been petulant or the other one's injured, um, so you know Jan Bednarik would, would be the you know the the guy waiting in the wings should two things go wrong, which, um, ne- which never happens. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess probably more excitingly, uh, we've got uh, Super Mario uh, Lamina from Juventus. Now that's a big club. So, so there you go. We, we've got yeah. someone who has competed in Champions League final. What, won yeah, the was title in the Champions League final yeah. Yeah, it came on yeah t- two titles two cups um, and rather than thinking well I want to stay in a place and have a bit part make a uh, lot of money in winning stuff he wants to progress his career and, and I'm sure with him as well he's probably looking at Southampton this is a club that can develop me this is a club where I'm going to get games and maybe I can move on to, to bigger things. But I think, you know, maybe he's more of a Ryan Bertrand where he's had a bit of taste of success in a big club, but just being a, a smaller player, he thinks, well, actually, I could be a really big player in a medium-sized club. Yeah, th- there was a very good tweet the other day, and apologies, I can't give credit to who it was. Um, but they said Saints have obviously struck upon a, a theory here, which is that these big, big clubs have some very, very, very good players that aren't, still good enough to maybe well the faces aren't right to make it in the team and if you yeah. look at the players we've signed like Holberg from Bayern Munich Gabriudini from Napoli and uh, now Lamina um, you know Bertrand Romeo these are players from super super big clubs yeah. that weren't really getting the cut the cut of the grass so um, yeah he looks really exciting he's 23 um, he's obviously shown some you know ambition to come to Saints I, I think in terms of his career um, and what's you know I've only I can't pretend that I'm a, an aficionado of Italian football I've only seen the highlights but his skill seems to be recycling that ball yeah. getting it out from defence and turning it on a quick attack and I think as good as R- Romeo is, is brilliant but I do think one of the things we've lacked been a bit slow on over the last couple of years or so is, is bringing that ball out quickly yeah, and speed using of the pace over. we've got and yeah. turning it over um, yeah, particularly with players like like Redmond, um, and and sometimes even Sims up front. Yeah, these are fast players. Yeah, um, and I think you can kind of see how he's going to work. How they're going to get him that ball and just you know make a difference. Yeah, I mean I, I'm really excited about um, uh, Mario Lamina coming in, and I'm looking at our midfield, and I think 
in a way that the midfield have always been kind of they can be quite frustrating. I remember watching games last season and just thinking there's no quality of delivery. There's no um, the the joining up between the midfield and the attack has been really really poor. But actually, if you look at the personnel that we've got there, we've got Redmond, um, we've got James Ward-Prowse, who's looking so much better when he gets played out on the right wing, gets a chance to get crosses in. Um, you've got Romeo, who has just been absolutely fantastic. You've Should got Stephen Davis, yep. who you know always gives us all. Sometimes is absolutely brilliant. Sometimes can be a bit frustrating. What about the just the flick from Stephen Davis that goal oh. against Espanyol? Yeah, uh, against uh, Sevilla. Sevilla. Oh, yeah, that was just just beautiful, incredible. Um, and then also, you know, on the fringes, we've got these creative players like Tadic and Buffel. Who, yeah, God, I forgot. Yeah. So I think our midfield options are looking really, really good. And I think Pellegrino will will be able to make something of that. And um, I suppose one of the things that people might notice about uh, Mario Lamina is, is um, he has got a little bit of a resemblance to Paul Pogba in a way. Um, they played together. They played together. I guess at yeah, Juve like I, the season I guess before they last. Must have done. Yeah. Um, do you think it's going to be one of those things where, like, you know, Man City bought John Stones and essentially thought they were getting a player a bit like Van Dyke? Do you think Man United have bought Paul Pogba and then you know they're going to look <laughs> at Mario Lamina at the end of this season and think, God, that, actually, that's the guy we should have got. Most of it. That makes me like makes me think of it. There's an old, um, an old sort of uh, rumor that in the old days um, there was a guy, a winger called Michael Hughes who was a Northern Irish international and he yeah. played for Man City and he ended up going to I think Marseille for like two and a half million pounds which was a load of money and the old wives tale the old sort of rumour was that um, Marse- like, I think Marseille or whoever it was were offer- offered a player called M Hughes from Manchester and they thought they were buying Sparky and obviously they, they were well, it's true or not I don't know but, yeah. but I don't know he, he looks like the player we need yeah. in terms of a, a statement player um, also brilliantly done under the radar yeah you know, so the first rumours of it probably Friday Saturday I, th- I think the first I heard of it was actually in the middle of the um, Sevilla match it suddenly appeared on Twitter that we were going to be signing this guy yeah and then I like and, and <laughs> Pellegrino said I said have you ever heard of him he's like I don't, I don't know anything about him yeah I, I think and also I love I think Les Reed's statement you know we there's, there's a crazy summer of football yeah with some very difficult to believe transfers we will conduct our business in a way that is Carl right Walker 15 minutes <laughs> yeah 50 minutes I mean it's football has gone <laughs> mad people it's going um, on and I, my theory is that Saints are a lot, I, th- I think the, the most well Do you remember when Alan Shearer leaving Southampton for like three million was yeah. like the, the biggest transfer we'd yeah. ever seen in English football and people were like, wow. I remember, I remember when he went to Newcastle for 15 and people were like, well, it's never going to get any bigger than that. Yeah. Never going to happen. And now it's like 15 million pounds. Like I could probably get sold to someone for 15 million. I, can, I can't even walk. Um, <laughs> but you, you get this feeling that football's gone mad and I wonder if um, the really well-run clubs and I'm looking at Tottenham here and I'm looking at Saints. Yeah. I kind of looking back and this is a house of cards and it's going to fall to pieces. Well, yeah, I, I, I have been wondering about this and let's get on to this because it, it has been a crazy transfer window. In terms of the the absolutely enormous fees being paid for you know some, I think, you know, good, average good players. Um, I was kind of looking at it and just thinking, you know, is it, is it all going to fall apart at some point? Are, are people going to stop paying their, um, you know, Sky subscription and suddenly... Yeah the bottom's going to fall out of the market and you know you'll have these clubs that have spent 50 million quid on you know a fullback is just it going to be going a, like well, well, what, how the hell do we pay for this the south sea bubble or the tulip crash or whatever that was yeah. in the 18th century i i think well, it's in you've seen sky change their model 
So Sky are now obviously doing a dedicated uh, football channel rather than trying to bundle people into all these sports. Okay. Um, you've seen like my employer, Amazon, be linked to buying football rights. Yeah. You've seen um, BT, you know, pay obscene amounts of money for football. And yeah. I, I actually think as a football fan, I'm almost less compelled to buy a package because if I were to buy a... I'm looking at the Saints games that are on Sky this year... I think of the first three months, we've got one game. It's on Sky. So why would I pay for Sky for three months for one game? So is it going to go... Is the bottom going to fall out of it? There's a lot of people spending a lot of crazy money. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I I also think the people that subscribe to Sky are paying crazy money because you look at your monthly subscription package. I haven't even got football and it costs me £62 a month and I've not even got movies. But I mean, for that amount of money, Tom, like, say... What we all away games are thirty quid. You could go to two away yeah. games in London, you know, where if you just hop on the tube for for less than your Sky yeah. monthly package. I, I don't know whether it will. I, I think that there's so much money now, yeah. And I, I think certain clubs spend so. I think that it's all. I think certain clubs are inflating the market, and I think Wenger is is as always is probably quite right on this, yeah. where he thinks that the the actions of certain clubs, i.e., probably Man City. Maybe Chelsea, um, Paris Saint Germain, Paris Saint Germain. But like, I think the, the problem you've got now is if you're and Saints, it's kind of good for Saints and bad for Saints. If, you, if you're Saints now, you look at it and you go, okay, well, Man City, you want to buy Ryan Bertrand? Yeah, you just bought Carl Walker for fifty-three million pounds. Carl Walker can't cross, and he doesn't score goals. He's just very dynamic and big and fast. So if you want to buy Ryan Bertrand, who will score you three goals a season, oh, and can cross. And can do the things you know, can take free kicks yeah. and can take penalties. Yeah, why? Why should why should Carl Walker be a fifty three million pound player and Ryan Bertrand not be? Yeah, and, and that is yeah. uh, that is good for Saints because obviously it puts Saints in a relatively strong negotiation. And, and, and how much do we buy him for? Like six, seven, eight yeah. million pounds from Chelsea. But Saints have got this this strategy, and it, it can be frustrating. Yeah. You know, we'd all love to see us go out and sign big name players but maybe the the maybe the fruit maybe the people that are hungry because they've seen you know they're on the fringes of the big time maybe that's the place to go um so i was going to ask you uh two more questions about summer signings which was who would you like us to sign and who have we missed out on and i'm actually just going to bring up the guy who i think we've missed out on and he fits into this package of that kind of romeo bertrand on the fringes of a big club, but clearly an excellent player. And for me, that is Iheanacho. I think if you'd have thrown him yeah. into Saints attacking options, that would have been a real, real coup. Yeah, I, th- I, I agree with Iheanacho. I mean, this is, and this is a ridiculous sentence, but £25 million actually seems quite good value. Yeah. For someone like Iheanacho, he... he there's a, I said I was having a little back and forth. Someone on Twitter said he's not worth it because he doesn't score. He's not a, a, a great goal scorer. And I was like, well, but his goals on. per minute, his goals per minute ratio is insane. And also, you know, you could say the same about Miroslav Klose or Gary Lineker. You don't really, you don't want someone who's going to hit 30, 40 yard worldies. You want someone who every time the ball drops in the box is in the right place. Yeah, which. Ineacho definitely, as Saints fans know, better than anyone. I mean, Always every is. time he's played against us, he's been absolutely fantastic. Even in games when Man City haven't been fantastic. So, Yeah. I, I mean, in terms of transfers that have happened that we've not got, um, I I struggle to really think of many. I don't think there's much value no. in the market. I, I don't. I'm trying to think of who, other transfers. I mean, who has there been that has not been 
insanely expensive. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to Google it and, and come back to you on it, but I really can't think of, of a player that I've looked at and gone, you know, this, that is someone who I really think Saints have missed out on. I think Ineatu is a really good shout because yeah. he's someone that would genuinely improve that team. Okay, so um, maybe let's ask you a different question. Oh, you know, do, actually, do, you know what? Nathan Ake. Nathan Ake, okay. I do think Nathan Ake because I think that we clearly needed a centre-back. Yeah. And he is someone with Premier League experience. He's a classy footballer. But how much money was he? Yeah, for like 20 million. See, it's a lot of money, but like... In see, the- see, for me, I think that's overpriced. Yeah. I, well, I, uh, and I think probably what will happen is Saints... I think we do need another central defender um, you know certainly the, it doesn't look like Virgil van Dijk is going to be anywhere near the team for at least a month or so um, and it, as soon as you have an injury to Jack Stevens yep. you, you're in all sorts of trouble so I think we need another kind of quality central defender and I do think you not we'll think probably, that's okay? well I think we'll probably go out to Europe and get one for maybe 10 yeah. million you know half the price the Lazio just, guy just as good. Called or yeah, whatever. yeah I, d- I don't doubt that you have to you kind of have to give the club they the club must have known about okay obviously they must have you know he was at bournemouth on loan so he's not averse to living on south coast um and they'll have made a conscious choice to not go for that player knowing that they probably may well lose virgin van dyke um yeah i don't think there's much value out there so is it is there anyone out there who you'd like us to sign who hasn't moved yet you think oh he could do a job for us Mm, i'm trying to think if you look do we need a new keeper yes but Probably we're not going to buy one. Oh, we've just left given back, him a new contract. Left, yeah, for five years. Left back, no. Right back, no. Centre backs, yes, we've discussed. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think we need a central midfield player. Wingers, we're kind of blessed. You could argue we need a new striker, but I, I do think that Austin deserves a really mm. good go, and you can't argue with Gaviadini. So where do we really sign someone that genuinely improves it for the budget that we have? And again, you know, I think you've called it perfect. Ineacho is the player that would have been the one... Um, or uh, another good one I think is very good is Harry Maguire yeah the, the whole player who went to Leicester I think Leicester bought really well yeah and uh, I think Harry Maguire would have been a good signing okay well should we move on to the summer departures then um, farewell Cuco Martina oh, you, we'll always have the memory yeah I, d- the, I was um, what's he got on the Cumans? I don't know naked photos of someone or compromise comp- as the Russians would say compromat yeah, he must do, have do you something. think it's the same thing that the Russians have on Donald Trump? Well, why would the ace? It's such a weird thing. So if you're Cumin, right, and you've got this seemingly unlimited pot of money, yeah, I guess he is versatile. But I, I've not watched any of the, the Europa League games that Everton have been in. But by all accounts, he looked awful against us, the the third tier, like the third place Slovakian yeah. team. So I don't, I just don't understand. I guess he's probably relatively cheap. You know, in terms of wages, yeah. and, you know, you probably don't even notice him on your wage bill, but it just seems. He a seems bit like weird. a nice guy as well. I think he'd probably yeah. be you know, probably a good character to have around. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's the vibes man? He's the best. He could be. He's, he's the, the best. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why Cumin likes him. He brings people up because yeah. Everton is is a bit sulky, isn't it? With people like Barkley and yeah. I, you know, I bet Leighton Baines is a bit of a miserable so and so. So I guess yeah, maybe he's the sort of light relief vibes man. Yeah, the slapstick element of that Everton squad. Yeah. But and, and, and every now and then he can just score a worldie. Yeah, it was such a brilliant goal. I I will never ever forget that goal. Were you there? I was there. It was wow. Boxing Day. Um, I was at the in-laws on the Isle of Wight. Took the ferry over. 
took my um, brother's friend, uh, who was an Arsenal fan, to the game. So he was sat next to me in the chapel Perfect. stand. Was this where Shane Long scored twice? Oh, Shane Long was just wonderful that yeah, day. I think yeah, it was. he did that brilliant little foul where he kicked like yeah. the back of Cachet on his leg. It was fantastic. Yeah, foul. anyway, the, uh, well, you know, fantastic. Um, another player who I have very, very fond memories of watching uh, live, who has left us, is Jay Rodriguez. Yeah, I th- we love J Rod. Yeah, you know he's a he's a seems to be. I know a friend of mine is from Burnley and grew up with J Rodriguez and says J Rodriguez is one of the nicest people and the, he's from an incredibly nice family. He has no ego whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and he loves Saints and his family loves Saints. But it was sad to see him go. But also, what was equally sad was a player that was once so fast, was so sharp, was yeah. so quick, uh, and had great turn of pace. Clearly, struggle. And um, I remember being at the. It was, you know, we were in Milan and you only had a couple of really good chances yeah. from fairly close range and he just couldn't connect. And I always, you never quite worked out with him in that last season or so how much of that was mental. Yeah. I mean, and I, how much I, of it was physical. I don't think Puel ever gave him the, the real opportunity to establish himself back as the J. Rodriguez. And maybe that's because Puel didn't know what J. Rodriguez once was in the same way that we do. Because at the end of the season, he was playing really, really well and then got dropped uh, from the yeah. team. And he, he scored a great goal for um, West Brom in a pre-season friendly. I would really, really like to see him do well, not against Saints. I mean, I know all the ex-players always love to score against us. I, I hope he doesn't. Um, but I really hope he, he does brilliantly well. And I think, you know, I'm going to share probably my fondest memory um, of Jay Rodriguez was it's probably the, the same as same as mine. I bet. You. Is it Craven Cottage? Yes. Yeah. Ricky Lambert from the corner. Yeah. I did. That was just a wonderful game to watch. I was in with the Fulham fans, um, which is you know unfortunate ticket selection on my part. They're a nice bunch. Yeah. They're, fans, I mean, they're, they're, like Pretty genteel. Is yeah. I remember um, the Lana doing quite well, and a lady behind me just going, "Oh, well, it doesn't matter because you know he's in my fancy team, so he's getting me some <laughs> points." But um, I mean, that was. A fantastic performance from him, and that was the the almost I think the pinnacle of the Lambert Lalana Rodriguez yeah, the, um, the, attack, the troika yeah. up front, and it was brilliant because it was that bit where it falls to Ricky it, on the edge yeah. of the lob from a from a Fulham corner. He kind of looks up, and you think he's just leathered it. He does it. He plays this beautiful curling pass, and yeah. then Rodriguez has what got like two defenders in front of him, yeah. and they just back off, and he 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 hits it picture perfect in the top corner yeah. it, and and i remember that was and i think we spoke about i know we spoke about this before but hell let's go over it again that was the time when you really thought we're going to take the front of three to the world cup yeah lilana rodriguez and, and lambert are going to start they're going to go to brazil it's going to be nuts uh and obviously history yeah. kind of going away yeah um so we and we've heard a rumor as well about uh shane long potentially leaving um so how do you feel about that tom I, you, you go. Thanks for the memories. I think when we signed Shane, this it. I mean, I totally disagree with you, but I'll, I'll let you have your argument first. Well, when and we then s- I'll get on to mine. When we signed him, I think that everyone thought, well, why have we signed Shane Long for what was twelve million quid or something? It seemed like quite a lot of money at the 14, time. Fourteen, maybe. Yeah, um, he's a very good player at being Shane Long, but he is a very confidence-based footballer. Um, I would wonder if he probably looks at that team now. Mm. And he looks at it and he goes, well, they're probably going to give Bufal and Taddeck and Redmond are going to sort of alternate on the wings and yeah. Josh Sims behind those those three. Um, it's going to be one of Gabbiadini and Austin in the centre. Where do I fit? Um, 
and I wouldn't wonder if it's a move would be right for him. He's 31, I think. It's one big last payday. Is he, is he that old? Yeah. Um, he's been around for donkey's years, isn't he? Yeah. I, I think he's a player that people will look back at with great uh, affection because he, st- he stepped up when he was needed, I think, when uh, Pella went off the boil a little bit yeah. and he became top goal scorer that season. In a weird way, he's quite a big game player sometimes, isn't he, Shane? Or he, yeah. he manages to... He also misses like, inexplicable chances. See, I, I would argue for keeping Shane Long. And now, I don't necessarily think him staying at Saints would be best for his career. Because I think you're right. He's he's always going to be on the bench. But there are just some games where you, th- where you look at the team against you and you just think, what this team needs is Shane Long right now. They need Someone to be Shane to long run, Bully the defenders, chase everything down. Oh, um, no, I love Shane Long. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I love. I think he's. I love watching him. I think he, he he's plays a like I would like to play. You know, he's a pain. He's a nightmare. Like yeah. can, he hangs on the shoulder of the last man. He kicks people. He's a little bit dirty. Like again, we talked about it a moment ago. That goal against Arsenal was brilliant because he's running, and whilst everyone is looking at the ball, which is going out to the wing, Shane Long just kicks the back of. I think it's Koscielny <laughs> who then goes down, and then Shane Long taps it in from six yards. Yeah. Arsenal go mad, but it's brilliant because it was. But his, that, that 4-0 was all about Shane Long. It was Shane Long beat Arsenal. Shane Long scared the crap yeah, out of Arsenal. Like he, yeah. he just bullied them. And I don't think we have any... I don't think there are many players like Shane Long out there. And he's that's why I think That's he? why I think he's useful to have. Yeah, and, and he steps up when it matters. And we, yeah. the goal against Liverpool, we spoke about at length last season, which was arguably the f- highlight of Saints. Oh, definitely the highlight um, of the last season. So... Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't want to see him go, but you can understand him going. I think that it would put a lot of pressure all of a sudden on on a Bufal, mm. uh, which maybe that's what Bufal needs. I don't know, but um, my my favourite, I'd love to see Josh Sims. Yeah, and you wonder if they're not looking and going well. You know who can step up here? Maybe, may, maybe that's what it is. Um, Anyway, I, I'd be sad to see him go. I, I think he'd be, he'd be a really useful player. And I think, you know, if he does go, then you saw Jay Rodriguez, you saw Shane Long. You've literally only got two, two forwards. Yeah, two strikers. Yeah. Uh, or Gallagher as well. Yeah. We so he's back about. from Blackburn, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see with him because obviously the club who know far more about football than, than certainly I do, but probably not more than John does, um, see something in Gallagher yeah. that they believe is, which I think, none of us would have predicted last season that he would come back to the club. I think he was one of those players, a bit like Stevens, that probably yeah. everyone thought, oh, that was a shame it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's back. So let's see. Um, Gallagher is a kind of old school lumberer. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Right. So let's move on to the biggest villain, the stink hanging Boo. over Staplewood. Um, we're talking about summer departures. Virgil van Dyke, I think, you said at the end of the last season that you probably expected him to go. Um, I said I expected him to get another season and maybe go to a, you know, a really big club like a Barcelona type club. Um, so here we are, Virgil Van Dyke. It's been boring, hasn't it? I mean, what yeah. a summer! You know, when you're trying to get your fix of sports and you try and look up, you know, do your Google alerts for Southampton, and all it is is just. Virgil van Dijk, and Liverpool Virgil fans, trolling oh. Saints fans. It's grim. Here's a message to all the Liverpool fans: just fuck off, piss off. <laughs> you know, like 
piss off. There's a great by Liverpool fans if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, because you're probably going to send us abusive messages. No, they're, a, they're probably going to try and buy us for the Liverpool yeah. podcast. We'll, we'll be on the Liverpool podcast in a season. But there's a great, yeah, you're a feeder club as much as anyone but that's all i'll say but yeah it's it's hung out, and it's what's sad about it is it's kind of overshadowed yeah the new manager um it's sad as well because if you look at a summer of sport in which the england women's team yeah who earn probably if any of them are earning in two years from or in a year from professional football what van dyke will take home in a week if any of them are earning probably in two years what van dyke probably takes home in a week I'll be amazed. Yeah. And they've shown themselves to be with real grace yeah. and real commitment and passion, s- drive, passion and drive. Well, I think yeah. it's been really, he's been really badly advised. Um, the optics of the situation look awful. Yeah. Uh, he clearly, um, beli- his ag- if he's not agitated for the move, he's clearly been asked about the move. Uh, he clearly wants to go to, that's obvious. He wants to go to Liverpool. Um, yeah, I don't know, John, what, what are your thoughts? Um, petulant child is probably the first thing that comes to mind. I, I think He's 26 as well. Uh, the, the problem is to say, okay, say, saying that he wasn't 100%, that's pretty annoying. Being kind of, you know, forced to train alone, and then when he got the opportunity to come back into training, still saying that he wants to leave, that he wasn't His head's 100%. not right, apparently. Oh, you, you know, the... The thing is, is like we had the same thing with Wen- Wanyama. We had the same thing with Morgan Schneidlin. That was after genuine bids came in from clubs and not just like a bit of tapping up and rumours. Um, and then they both kind of managed to sort themselves out. And I, get them and get moves yeah, to they, you know, bigger be, clubs. Better, better, better clubs because, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, they, they did. And the disappointing thing is, is with it all is that someone is lying. Yeah. Uh, it's probably, it is Virg Vendor, I, yeah. I think. Saints haven't had any bids, as far as we're aware. He's saying that the club have, you know, released details of private conversations. Well, the club didn't release details that he'd gone to Blackpool. You know, they didn't make him go to Blackpool in a grimy hotel room somewhere and meet with Jurgen Klopp and yeah. watch videos of where he would play at Liverpool. I mean, seriously, if a multi-millionaire goes to Blackpool, you're going to be questioning... Also, why Blackpool? It's really weird. Maybe London's it? too high profile. I don't. But surely there was a Pepsi Max big one. Surely they'd stand... Maybe there was a stag do or a Hindu or something he was at. But it, it's such a, it's such a, a grimy, um, like, dirty transfer. Um, and I think... And what's what's... Almost as galling as the grimy, underhanded, sort of murky nature of it all is the fact that he's not even going anywhere that's that good. I know yeah. that they're a big club. I know they've got a great history. They've also not won the league in 26 years, and they ain't going to win the league. No. Um, but I can understand if he was agitating for this move to Juventus, or he was agitating for a move to Chelsea or Man United. It's Liverpool. Yeah. They're not going to finish. Then They will not get in the Champions League. So what's he, just for a load of money? Yeah. Um, say I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say, has Virgil van Dijk actually been treated unfairly? He signed that six-year contract when it looked like Koeman was actually going to stay at the club. Has he been treated unfairly? Was he misled by Koeman? Right. I mean, we'll, we'll never know. But what I would say is that, that he... Um, knows as you know he's been in football his entire 
short life, he will have known that players uh, players come, players go, managers come, managers go. The manager going was always an option. He could he could have left Saints this summer, yeah, if he'd have handled this with dignity, yeah. And I look at it and I wonder if you know Ma- uh, Juve sold um, Benucci, yeah, to AC Milan. Uh, they need a centre back. He would be amazing in the Italian league. He could, yeah. They've won that league six years in a row. Champions League finalists last year. Why, um, yeah, why have they not come after him? Why have Chelsea not put in a bid? Why have, um, why have Man City, who have got an unlimited pot of gold, not put in a bid? You have to wonder: Is it because people have seen something in his behaviour here, maybe how badly advised he is? That they think, well, you know what? He's just going to do the same to us in a couple of years. Yeah. So I, I think the whole thing stinks. I mean, as well, I think he'd probably be looking at Liverpool as a stepping stone club as well. I, I think he is. I mean, they're not. They're be all and end all. No. And um, this isn't. This isn't. If you remove partisanship and you remove the the animosity between Liverpool and Saints fans out of it, um, Liverpool realistically are not going to win the league. Yeah. They may win the FA Cup but they're not going to win the league. They're not going to win anything in Europe. They're probably about to lose Coutinho with no time to yeah. replace him. So yeah, I just don't buy it. So let's let's take another perspective on this. Say Virgil van Dijk has got a new agent. Same now, as Koeman's agent. Yeah, same, same guy as Koeman's agent. Right. So Funny how it, these new agents often coincide with a change in heart of players, yeah. isn't it? Well, you know, what does a new agent want to do? A new agent wants to get his payday. If you've got a player that in this transfer window with these crazy fees being spent is worth 60, 70, 80 million pounds, there is a hell of a lot of money to be made no, out 10% of that. 10% is, yeah. is you know, 7, 8 million pounds. So you, you've got a guy who is um, intelligent, experienced, you know, can put his arm around the player, really convincing. Virgil van Dijk, yeah, 26 years old, should perhaps be a bit more grown up, but ultimately we can see you know, has got a bit of a childlike mind. Um, you know, you could be quite easily manipulated by someone who is obviously kind of dripping with money, has class, has panache, has a good gift of the gab. And I think he's been led up the garden path by this new agent. Uh, and the new agent is desperate to get that kind of like seven, eight million quid, you know, player fee but for Van he's, he's got five more years of his contract. It's going to be, thir- in theory, be 31 by the yeah. time he left Saints. So if you're his agent, you're thinking, this, well, you this have is to my break that we contract. Have to, we have to move him on. Otherwise, yeah. like, what's my, why am I doing this? Yeah. And uh, I think that's what it's all about. You know, Liverpool were the most keen. The agents obviously had lots and lots of work, um, you know, discussions with them. He's got, Van Dyke's do all this. I think Van Dyke has been led up the garden path. I think he now looks like a complete and utter prick. And I think that statement, which he obviously did to try and make it look like it was all the club's fault, has made him look well. Yeah, there hasn't been a sudden outpouring of sympathy for yeah. him from any quarter. And the common factor in all of this is Liverpool. And they've done it with this guy for Leipzig, this cater. Mm. They've done it with Van Dyke. Um, you got to wonder, like, when are the the problem is? There's no punitive measures against clubs for doing this, and I know Saints probably do it, but at the end of the day, Liverpool being caught, yeah, um, it the whole thing stinks. And what's what's the sad what's sad about it is, I, I he is the best player we've had since Matt Latis. and Gareth the, Bale. 
Yeah, but Gareth Bale wasn't. I think right now Van Dyke is the finished article. Yeah, Gareth we never Bale, had Gareth Bale. We as never the had Gareth article. Bale as finished article. He, well, you know, we look at Van Dyke. Yeah, and you look at him and you go, well, he could effortlessly be picking up that ball and passing it to Iniesta. Yeah, and he then lays it off to Messi effortlessly. Yeah, you, know, you look at him and you think he could be playing that ball, and he could lay it out to Gareth Bale, who then passes it you know on, on to Cristiano uh, or Ronaldo yeah. you know he should be playing at that level yeah. instead um, you know what's, what's gonna what people are gonna remember is this whole kind of just kind of a bit seedy thing and the whole do Blackpool you, do, thing do you think he's actually out. just ruined his opportunity of actually making that step up to the level beyond the Liverpool someone will take him but I I, no, but I don't yeah, think I don't, that I think someone will take him but do you think perhaps maybe Barcelona Real Madrid look for a player that's a bit classier well, I think that they will certainly be aware of his agent's behaviour. Yeah. And if he, if the agent agitates for a move, um, I'm very surprised that now that... Well, where are we now? We're at Wednesday. Mm. This thing has been going on. Season starts on Saturday. Season starts on Saturday. I mean, he, no ad- doubt, he put it? the statement out on Monday. Yeah. When is this going to end? Yeah. Oh, what are Saints going to... There's an article... What is it, the 1st of September, when the transfer yeah. window shuts? But what, but what are we going to do with it? The Saints are in a... Saints have two options here. They can either do the brilliant, heroic, yet bonkers thing to do, which is what all football fans mm. would love to see them do, apart from Liverpool fans, which is say, no, mate, we're making a stand. This is yeah. it. Player power ends. Not ends, but players need to be more respectful of the clubs and the fans and the people who pay their wages. They can either do that and take a hit on a, on a shed load of money, yeah. um, which maybe they can afford to do, because they're not only... So they're, what, they're paying, what, 80, 90 grand a week? plus they're losing a £60 million transfer fee, or they can sell him. If they sell him to anyone but Liverpool, people will probably Except be that. okay with yeah. it. They sell him to Liverpool, people are going to be really annoyed. But in many ways, Van Dijk has made this easier now for Saints and the board. Because if he goes now and he goes to Liverpool, then it's good riddance to bad rubbish. Yeah. I don't, I, but I, I, I don't think Saints fans want to see him at I, Liverpool. I don't think the... I, I think, think part of that is because they know he's better. Yeah. The the fans don't want to see him go to Liverpool. And that's, you know, ultimately what, what's going to happen. So let, let's say he gets the 1st of September. He's not been sold. Um, do we just turn the other cheek, let him get on with it and, and establish himself as, you know, one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League once again and and play well? And do we support him or do we just, you know, we just accept him there as a journeyman and... but. There's always a bit of a broken heart there, isn't there? From, yeah. from whatever happens now, we're it's never like going to chant. It's like someone cheats on you, you can't really go back. No, we're, ne- do, we're never yeah. going to chant, we've got Van Dyke again, are we? No, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, one thing I would say is, and I put myself in this bracket, football fans have short memories. Yeah. So if he came back... And scored a goal and kissed the badge. And yeah, played like a blinder and yeah. said all the right things. Of course, people would forgive him. Yeah. Because um, the club's the most important thing and the results well, the most I important mean, thing. that's exactly what Schneidlin did down the road um, from from us here in yeah. East London. He, he scored, was it two goals against West Ham? West Ham, that, that yeah. 3-1 win. And, you know, he was brilliant. Yeah, he came into that match and everyone in the, the stand was a bit like, well... It's a mercenary, yeah, yeah he doesn't care. I, I don't it, think that... I don't know. I, what do you do? I mean, Saints have a very tough decision now to make. Yeah. Um, but the, the challenge is, is at the end of the day, if they don't get any bids for him, yeah. he can't, can't go anywhere. No. And, if, and if right now, as it looks, it no look one like, has bid for him. No. So what do they do? I mean, having said that, if someone... Like He's not played since January either. Yeah. So what's he do? If he doesn't move in September and he sticks his heels in... 
He'll have wasted a year. He's going to miss out the World Cup as well. Yeah, he'll miss out the World Cup. Yeah. Which will be the, you know, he'll have to wait till he's 30 to play in the World yeah. Cup. Right now, he could, what's crazy is he's compromising so much because he could play brilliant for Saints. He could get that move in January yeah. or certainly next summer. He would go with everyone's best wishes. Um, he would have got his extra money because yeah. he wouldn't have had to put in a transfer request. He'd have gone to the World Cup. He'd have got all of these we, things. We've talked about Van Dyke for too long now, haven't we? Yeah, we, we need should. to move on. It's what he wants. Yeah. We, we've just done exactly the same thing. Like Every time I've looked up Southampton <laughs> on Google and just gone, oh, it's all about Van Dyke. Right, stop it. Go away. We're not going to talk about you anymore. Um, which players do we want to look out for this season? Uh, for me, Jack Stevens. Yeah. I just love him. I think he looks so classy. Uh, he just looks so composed. He's big. He's strong. If he can get better in the air, um, I think we have a real. I do. I think you'll see him nudging the England squad because we're not blessed with centre backs. I I think he's going to have a fantastic season this season, yeah. Jack Stevens. Whether that's alongside Yoshida, Bednarik, another, or Virgil Van Dijk. I'm pretty sure he he's now he's now done enough to to get there. And there's been a few rumours about Jose Font maybe coming back from West Ham United. I, I just don't think there's any point now. I think Stevens. I've is, not seen those rumours. Is that really a, a rumour? Is that a thing? Well, I don't I don't know if it's just you know. I mean, that I mean, that is a great. They will teach that at young footballer school. And the grass is not always greener because yeah. every West Ham fan I've spoken to hates. Well, I mean, he he had the whole issue where he agitated for a move and then didn't get the club. He that didn't he get hoped the main move. move yeah. yeah. So yeah, but no, Jack Stevens for me, really exciting talent. Also, very keen to see Buffal. Yeah, uh, Buffal I want to see fitter. In pretty, he looks leaner. He's saying all the right things. Um, he's had a season to adjust, and we all know that he is an incredible talent. Yeah, he can do stupid things with the football. Um, so if he can kind of rein in the excess. We all know we'll have an unbelievable talent there. And so who do you reckon will be our player of the season next season? Um, I think you'll see Romeo again. Two seasons in a row. Yeah, I just think he's so crucial to the way we play football. Yeah. Um, and I think he's so... He's exactly what fans love to see, which is someone with real commitment and real drive and real energy and someone who really wears his heart on his sleeve. So yeah. I, I think he's a he's a super talent and... Yeah, he, he's he's just. I I think you'll. I, I think we're we're kind of lucky to have him. He's yeah. that good. Um, what about you? So, what are your picks? So, you, you you know, who do you? I mean, players to look out for this season. Um, probably same as you. I'm really excited about Jack Stevens. I really want to see much more from Sofiane uh, Buffal. Um, but I also want to see a bit more of Josh Sims. Every time I've seen him on the love, pitch, he, he's, he's excited me. So We should rename this the Josh Sims The Josh Sims fans podcast, podcast yeah. Um, I, I want to see more from him. Um, I was speaking to Hassan Kashlu a, a couple of weeks ago. Name dropper. And, um, I mean, you, you'll know this because you were uh, there at Selhurst Park uh, that famous day when Saints took about 15,000 yes, people to Selhurst, Selhurst Park. Park. Yeah. Um, and I think about half the Saints fans were wearing little fez hats in celebration <laughs> of Hassan Kashlaw that day. Um, who do you think would be the player? You know, they're kind of like, the, in a way, the, the I don't know, I don't want to say Hipster's favourite, like, yeah, but like, I want to like, say, the, like, you know, the, the cult figure of the season. Who, who, would, who do you think we might be dressing up as on the last away day of the season? Um, God, it's difficult now because footballers just don't have the personalities that they used to have. Um, I would say, I, 
It's difficult. I think Gabby Dini has a certain yeah. uh, insouciance, I would say, like a sort of... Do you, do you I like, we'll all be dressed as Gabby Dini. I like the way Gabby Dini basically looks like he's just woken up. Yeah. Whenever you see him, he looks like someone's just gone, you, you're, you know you're late for work. Yeah. And, then, and who is that girl? And who's that other girl, by the way, that's downstairs? Yeah. So he looks like that every time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just like, I like the way he just... Ha- he looks a bit like he should be in a band. Yeah. Which I think is always good. Which is, you know, funny enough, speaking about bands what's the name of the guy who uh, twatted uh, Jose Font the you know he was oh, uh, oh, record yeah. signing uh, the that Argentinian nut job whose name completely escapes me <laughs> I can't uh, believe we forgot um, um, but you know he's in a band he's, now you know, he's given up football yeah he's to become enough. a musician I think actually next next time Isn't we he? do this Tom let's dig out one of his songs and play a little snippet of it he, just just to see get some royalties was he a better football player or was he um, you know is he a better rock he star he thought he was Johnny Depp didn't he he, he did what's um, his name he scored that it, goal against Man City yeah it's, no. it, it will come to me in a second um I think probably it's quite obvious for us. I was going to also ask you who is the youth player to establish a first team spot, but maybe let's say who's the youth team player apart from um, Josh Sims, who we think might well establish themselves in the first team this season. Well, Flanagan, by all accounts, is a real talent. The young right back. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that Saints have kept Suarez as one player. I I think Saints, despite what we've not really spoken about, but they've done bloody well to only lose probably... Um, a player that they were kind of happy yeah. to lose in in Rodriguez. Um, so, in terms of the, a, a youth player, I don't know. I, I think McQueen still has a lot to give, and I don't think they really know what McQueen is yet. In terms of is he a left back? Um, is he? A, um, yeah, Daniel's well there. God, uh, you know, is McQueen a left back? Is he a left winger or what? I, I don't know. I think. Um, I think McQueen is is really exciting. Yeah. And he seems like a nice lad. But again, I think James Ward-Prowse, really important season for James. He could establish himself if he starts well. Yeah. But again, the challenge we have is, is he even going to start now with, you know, we've got a new record signing, we've got Romeo. Those are your kind of defensive base. You've got Stephen Davis. Um, and then, then you, all of a sudden you're hitting the wingers. Yeah. So who knows? Um. So, should we, should we get on to our predictions now? My, my predictions were famously well last season, so my result predictions were great. So, yeah. this, this will definitely Well, so, so we, this is more pressure now because we're actually going to ask you to predict where in the table Southampton are going to finish. So, 38 games in from now, we're sat here in May, we're rounding up the season. Um, we've all talked fondly of when everyone showed up with messy hair, unshaven, <laughs> in hoodies, um, yeah. dressed as Gabbiadini for wearing, the last... Wearing feeler tracky bottoms. Yeah. Um, where are Saints going to finish? Ninth. You reckon ninth? Yeah, I, I think it's ninth because I can't see the top six. I can see the order of the top six changing, but yeah. I can't see the top six changing. Okay. I can see Everton winning their League of One. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, I can see Leicester with Iniacho. Like Ineacho is a twenty-two goal a season man. He's a really top player. Yeah, I think we'll finish after that. So usual, same old faces in the top six. Then Everton, then Leicester. Yeah, then Southampton. Yeah, I think so. I think Leicester without the shackle of European football. Yeah, they've kept Mares. Um, they've they've bought really well in Maguire yeah. and Ineacho. So I think the I think they'll do well. I think if Saints could 
top Leicester. I think the Saints have done bloody well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to go for eighth again. Um, oh, I'm quite tempted to say seventh. Interesting. And I think one of the current top six are going to have a poor season. So that's so you think it could be Chelsea? I don't think it's... Well, I think Chelsea will have a poor season compared to in comparison year. to last season. Think I don't Tottenham. think that they're going to... No. Tottenham. Although the Wembley factor, you never know, yeah, do you? That's no, a bit of a wild card. I, I think there's enough different And also things. the only one injury away from yeah. Harry Kane in terms of having... Yeah. Who's their backup striker? that Janssen, who's garbage but yeah. they've got goals from Kim they've got goals from Ali obviously all over yeah. the pitch Ericsson okay so, um, so, so well, let, let's go for your top four as well and, so, I'll, and okay. then maybe I'll explain why I've got I, Saints a bit higher once I do my top four I think Man City are going to win it yeah I do I just think Man City have got so much now but then you could probably said that last season and they didn't I mean uh, there's been all these tweets about how they've got a bigger defence budget than about half the <laughs> world's nations um, I think we're going to shortly wish probably they'd Bigger, I wish that was probably true. To be honest, um, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think, Man City will probably do it. I think De Bruyne, Aguero, they're just such good players. Yeah, uh, I think Stones will hopefully step up and, and become the player people think he is. Um, I do think that um, I, I, I'd like to see. I mean, I'd actually like to see Spurs win it. Mm. Like really, in my heart of hearts, I'd actually like to see Spurs win it. I don't think they will. I think you'll see uh, Man City, Chelsea. Uh, I think then you'll see um, probably Arsenal yeah. and, and then Spurs. I yeah. think Spurs not strengthening and in fact actually getting a bit weaker with the loss of Walker. I think they'll struggle. So you don't think Man United are going to make it into the top four this season? I think they'll have a, they've got a great forward now in Lukaku. But yeah. I, just, I think as a team they flatter to deceive a lot. I just don't see... I, I they they were a long, long way away last season. Yeah, and I just don't see this Pogba thing. No. I, just, I just I cannot see... He is more of a brand than a footballer. Yeah. I just can't see, like, what does he... What does he do? Like, he's not a defensive midfielder. He doesn't score a ton of goals. Is he just a someone to sell a load of shirts? I'm not sure. I, I don't really... And they're talking about shipping out Mkhitaryan and, and a lot of other Mkhitaryan players. Mkhitaryan was... He's just great. We'd, I'd love him at Saints. Yeah. But, um, yeah... I, I, I'd like, I think that... I think a fifth place finish for, for Man United would be good. And then Liverpool in sixth. I hate to say it. Well, I think that's probably about fair where Liverpool should yeah. finish. Um, obviously, I'd love them to finish anywhere near it. Um, so, but then having said that, you know they've got no Lallana. Yeah, Mane's always injured. Salah yeah. was, is inconsistent. Firmino, Firmino not, is is Firmino. They've, got, they've not injured. strengthened as we stand on Wednesday night. They've not strengthened their centre backs. Um, their goalkeepers are still erratic. Dodgy. They've not bought. You know, they bought a hull left back. Their they, manager's erratic as the well. Their manager's erratic. So anything can happen. Um, yeah, so I, I think you can take your title winner probably from Man City or Chelsea. It'd be I, interesting, Morata, because he doesn't actually... Yeah. I've never thought he's that good, so it'd be interesting what he yeah. does. I, I expect it will be Man City. Conte already seems to be pissed off at Chelsea. He wasn't wearing a suit. Um, it's a big deal is it okay so then yeah we'll, we'll uh, I'll go for Man City I think I'll say Tottenham are going to finish second again I know even in the season they finished third it really felt like they finished second to Leicester um, so I think you know they'll be the perpetual second I think Arsenal will have a better season 
Yeah, they've got a good forward, haven't they? Yeah. Finally, and they, they've they've kept and fair play to them. You know, stood yeah. up against Sanchez, stood up against Ozil. I mean, if if, if standing up is giving people offering people a quarter of a million pounds yeah. a week, then I guess they've stood up. So if I've got Man City, Tottenham, Arsenal, and then I think Chelsea or Man United or, or I kind of I kind of think, think Chelsea could finish like fourth. Do you think? I think Chelsea could finish fourth, but I also think they could finish first. Mm. And then I think I, I actually also think that. I mean, it depends with Everton. It depends, I think, kind of on whether Koeman bothers doing the whole Rooney circus that Mourinho did last season. I think Koeman's a really, really good manager. And I think maybe that top four, that top six will be broken. Someone will break into it. Um, And I think Liverpool are going to be the ones that are going to drop out of that top six. I don't think that Liverpool can cope with Champions League football. So this is based mm. on the fact that they actually qualified to get to the group stages. I don't think they can cope with Champions League football, all the cups, and the Premier League at the same time. They get a lot of injuries. Yeah, um, it's a lot of football to ask, and it's a lot of high pressure, high quality football. But the other thing is, I kind of almost think Tottenham could drop out of it as well, depending on the Wembley thing. I think there's a lot of risks. So you've got Conte being upset at Chelsea. You've got Liverpool having European football to deal with. Chelsea having European football to deal with as well as Conte being annoyed. You've got Guardiola who must be under unbelievable pressure yeah. as well because like, this must be it. You can't yeah. have a, a, another crap season, surely. No. So I, I think all of those managers are going to be feeling... And, and Mourinho. Of, yeah, uh, and Mourinho as well. I, I think they're all going to be feeling a hell of a lot of pressure. I think Koeman included as well. He's, he's spent an awful lot of money at Everton. Um, Arsenal, you kind of know that the Emirates will mess it up for them at some point because the fans will stop being behind. So... I'm expecting one of the usual six to, to fall by the wayside. I think Everton are probably the ones most likely to exploit it. But again, I think Saints, I think Leicester, I think maybe even perhaps Bournemouth could mm, be the teams like to, to maybe sneak, uh, well again, sneak, sneak a well. European position, maybe a Europa League position. Um, yeah. Having said that, I expect us to basically finish the same position as last season. But I wouldn't be 100% you know, surprised. I think anything over eighth is a real achievement. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think if we can keep people fit, we've got a team that pound for pound, which I know doesn't mean anything in the slightest, but like they are as good as others. You know, they, we've got a great left back, we've got a great right back, yeah. we've got good centre backs, we've got a good goalkeeper on his day, we've got goal scorers, we've got pace, we've got creativity. We've got it all there. I I just hope that uh, Pellegrino can can meld that together and yeah. make something really dynamic out of it. Um, and I suppose the, the other question is, who do you think is going to be in the bottom three? You can't look past Huddersfield and and, and uh, Brighton. Certainly, I think that those two. I think this could be really bad. This could be like Derby County, twelve points bad for one of those two. And I, I hate to say Huddersfield, but I've got a feeling. Huddersfield are going to get a really rude awake. So how many teams from that League One season are now in the Premier League? Is it four? Us, Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Jose scoring that last minute header from about forty-five yards away against Bournemouth at, yeah. at the was it at the at the Withdean or the Amex or whatever it was called. Yeah, was then. It, it wasn't the Amex, but was then. it the Withdean? The Withdean, yeah. Um, that was a good memory. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my push as well. My third team in that bottom three. Stoke. Yeah, interesting. They are just... like It's fascinating. They've sold all their good players. Sold all their good players. 
successful like by their standards i don't know what more they're hoping for in terms of success yeah um they've just not invested no and they seem to have players that there for a thousand years like shawcross and people but i i, I do think i they've they lost on which by the way 24 million pounds a brilliant bit of business from mm. stoke um he has about five good games a season but they're just not and they, they just don't seem to be in any hurry to replace anyone um they're meant to be after lamina uh lamina but they 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 weren't um they just don't seem to be they don't seem to have any they don't seem to be doing anything no it's very curious isn't it um what about who are your who are your bottom bottom three picks i think huddersfield probably again um, i think unless they can get andy booth back he must be about 60 now but yeah any fans of the original chat manager will have a soft spot for andy booth um, yeah, uh, I think Huddersfield will have a couple of you know really quite interesting games. Um, you know they they play a different you know style of football, so there'll be a couple of surprises. Hopefully not against us. I kind of think Swansea might go. Well, let's hope they start to go on Saturday. Yeah, if they're going to go. I think uh, we yeah, should st- yeah. start start that this this weekend. Um, and Burnley. Well, Burnley sold Andre Gray today to Watford. I understand he had a year on his contract left, so eighteen and a half million pounds for it. But it's interesting because they're not—they don't—they weren't blessed with a sort of surfeit of goals. So why they would no. sell one of their only attacking, pacey players? I know their strange. away form was terrible, but they're going to find it very difficult to replicate that home form next season as well. Oh, that I mean, yeah. And what are your predictions for Saturday? Saints versus Swansea. Oh, I this was last season when Charlie Austin's. This was when things were looking. It was in sort of September. I was in. I remember I was in Sri Lanka and I tried to watch it in Sri Lanka. It didn't really work. But Saints looked pretty dired in their last season against Swansea. And was it Charlie Austin scored, and we won it like two one or something? It was pretty. You know what? I genuinely can't remember, and I normally can't remember because I've blocked it out because it was either that dull or uninteresting or upsetting um that i don't remember oh i just i i, I just don't know how we're going to start the season we lost 4-0 to fc Augsburg and then beat Sevilla 2-0 so but i think the team that lost against Augsburg was the second choice team that was it it was charlie austin it was yeah. 1-0 um I, I, I'm not worried about the Alsberg thing because I look at that team and I, I think like, it was a second choice kind mm. of team. They didn't look particularly fit. Um, I think the team that played against Sevilla, that's kind of your, your first choice yeah. now, maybe with the new lad. I don't know. I think Stephen Davis probably is going to be the one to suffer from the new guy. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not too worried about Augsburg. But then having said that, if we'd have won both our pre-season as 4-0, I'd have been like, pre-season means a lot. Yeah. It shows how it's going to be for the coming season. Whereas <laughs> when we lose one, I'm like, oh, pre- it doesn't mean anything pre-season. No. Everyone knows that. Um, gen- generally, I think we always start the season poorly. So I'm going to go for a score draw, maybe a, a 1-1 or a 2-2. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things where I'd love to not be playing in Sigurdsson. Mm. But if Sigurdsson wasn't there that means he's at Everton which I also don't want so I can't really have it both ways so what's your prediction I think we're going to win I think we're going to win 2-0 2-0 yeah I do I think uh, Gabby Dini's going to score and then I'm putting in a goal for um, I'm going to go I'm going to go left field I'm going to go like someone like Bertrand yeah I, I, I think we're going to win 
I think there's real positivity, real energy. Um, yeah, I think they'll win. I certainly hope so. Is that enough for us? I think we're done. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, listener, if you're still with us at this point. Um, obviously, remember, if you enjoy listening to us, share this with share all the up. Saints fans that you know. Show them how to download a podcast. Get them to subscribe. Give us a fantastic review on iTunes. Email, tweet us um, at SaintsFC Podcast or SaintsFC Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to discussing Saints' start of the season probably in a, in a couple of weeks or so. Yeah, I'll have a good couple of games under our belt and we can uh, obviously make thorough predictions for the coming season with no yeah. fear of being wrong. But thank you very much for listening to us and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Thanks, everyone. Cheerio.